0: Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us on this Tuesday. We've got a lot of stories to get to. Uh, Ron DeSantis impaneling a grand jury on COVID shots. Kyler Murray out for the remainder of the year with a tour to ACL. Sam uh, Brinkman Fried arrested. Uh, and eight felony charges brought against him. Yoel Roth, uh, the head of Twitter site Integrity, had to flee his home. We'll talk about why. I think that's a made-up story. Uh, Ben Carson's name has been removed from a Detroit school board because a school building by a Detroit school board because of his politics. And Frisbee golf has banned men who identify as women from competing in their sport. But I began... With uh, unfortunate news, early this morning, uh, it was announced that Mike Leach, Mississippi State head football coach, formerly with Texas Tech and Washington State as the head football coach there, one of the, I would say, true shining lights of why so many of us love college football, died at the age of 61. Uh, my best to his wife, to his children, and I have uh Posted a couple of different links to interviews that we did with Coach Leach. He was a friend of mine. He is one of the reasons why so many of us are college football fans. He was an eccentric, fun-loving, really intelligent person who had many interests outside of the world of football. And I would argue with you that one reason he was so committed to the spread offense and the fun and gun, uh, the, the, the air raid, however you want to classify it, because there's obviously been many different variations of the method by which he coached that has been implemented in college football is because he was an inveterate thinker. He was extremely intellectually curious and he was just really fascinated by so many different aspects of life. And it doesn't surprise me that if you are intellectually curious, that you would be open to experimenting with college uh, offenses and high school offenses that, frankly, many people would not have endorsed because you were open um, to thinking in non-traditional ways. And I think that's probably the best way to describe Mike Leach. And I, and I told a couple of these stories yesterday, uh, but, but I want to reemphasize them today. In the middle of COVID... It's you know March of 2020, and everybody's sitting around watching the Tiger King, if you remember that era. Mike Leach texted me and he said, hey, let's do a podcast where we just talk about the Tiger King. He wanted to come on, and that podcast is still up, uh, where we just sat and talked about the Tiger King. Uh, We also had a really long form wins and losses podcast back in 2019, several years ago, where he explained how he ended up becoming a college football coach, where the idea for uh, the brand of offensive football that he embraced that helped to revolutionize college and now NFL football in its wide open offensive passing attack, where that had come from what his basis and thought had been as he embraced that. And just if you want a window into his mind and why so many of us out there who were involved in college football were so interested uh, in being able to spend time with him, it's because he was a fun and eccentric uh, companion, someone who uh, did not maniacally focus just on excellence in football. And I think that interest in things beyond Football helped him to think creatively on the football field as well. Uh, He was a former lawyer. Uh, He had, uh, I think he told me that he took a job at Pepperdine, if I remember correctly, paying him $3,000 at the time after he finished law school. Uh, His career path, and I just encourage you to go listen to that long-form podcast I shared the link for, If you're going to be on the road, as I know many of you will be for the holiday season, if you're going to find yourself uh, with time to kill as a part of travel and you're just looking for something interesting to embrace, I think you'll really enjoy that conversation because it will really give you a sense of the man and and why so many of us liked him, not just as a football coach, but as a friend and as a fellow college football compatriot. Uh, I think many of you will really like it. And I am flying down to Key West on Friday. And the last conversation I had with uh, Mike Leach was in the shortly thereafter the uh, the Egg Bowl win. I texted him, you know, said congrats on the win, and told him that I was going to be in Key West and wanted to know if he was going to be away at all uh, during the holidays. He said he was waiting to see where they were going to be put for a bowl, but he continued to give me all sorts of recommendations on places that I needed to go in Key West. And so uh, I will be thinking about him. Uh, for uh, for a long time to come. And certainly we'll be thinking about him on Friday uh, when I get down to Key West, which was one of his favorite places in the entire world. Uh, I believe it's Captain Tony's. I'm not an expert on uh, remembering all the names of the bars at Key West, uh, but he had a stool with his name on it, uh, which is what they do for famous people uh, in that bar. There are all different sorts of people that have been there that have been honored by having their name put on a bar stool and uh mike leach as one of them and uh, my wife and i were in there having a drink and we found his uh, his stool and sent a picture of him from key west uh last year when we were there and uh, i just remember how quickly he texted back and said boy i wish i'd been there and i've had him on i've been fortunate when i did 3hl we had him on the radio show as a guest we had him on several times as a guest on uh on the clay and buck show uh, sorry, on the uh, on the outkick, the show. And again, a couple of different times on wins and losses. And those long-form conversations are still up there. Uh, I think they are timeless. And I would suggest that many of you might well enjoy them uh, during the holiday season. But I think it's just a reminder, at only 61 years old, none of us knows when our time is coming. And, and now that I'm sitting here at 43, I think a little bit more about what is to come down the line. And, uh, and I just, uh, I am further, uh, incentivized and encouraged. And certainly Mike Leach did this to live every moment to the best of my ability. And, uh, that's the way I've been living for a long time. And that's the way I hope to live for years and years to come, but none of us know when that time is coming. Uh, and my best to Mike Leach and his family, uh, as they deal with, uh, an unfortunate death of a man that many of us really, really, enjoyed our experience with and considered a friend uh, this close to the holiday season. Again, Mike Leach, Mississippi State, head football coach, dead at 61. Uh, Mississippi State has said they will play. Um, I, They will play the bowl game. I believe January 2nd is when Mississippi State is supposed to play. I think that's what Mike Leach would have wanted uh, is for his team to have played in that bowl game. I would be surprised if that were not the case based on knowing him. Uh, and I've seen a couple of uh, suggestions online. I'm not sure who started them, so I don't want to It's not, I'm not trying to slight anybody by, by refusing or not giving them credit here. Uh, but in order to be introdu- in, uh, uh, introduced or inducted, I guess I should say, into the College Football Hall of Fame, you have to have won 60% of your games – Mike Leach won 59.6% of his games. Uh, I would round that up to 60%. I think certainly given his impact and his coaching tree and where he coached, Mike Leach is a college football Hall of Famer. uh, Given that winning uh, record that he had at Texas Tech, at Washington State, and then also at, at Mississippi State, I think certainly he deserves to be a college football Hall of Famer and I would encourage them to round up on that 59.6% and make it 60% and, uh, and definitely put him in the College Football uh, Hall of Fame. I also saw a suggestion. I think Brett McMurphy may have been the first one to say this, but that Mississippi State, a lot of times when people who are important to a program die, they affix a label of some sort or a recognition, as you well know and remember, on the uniform. His suggestion was that Mississippi State should put a pirate insignia on their helmets for the college football uh, bowl game. I love that idea. Uh, I think this is a really good idea. I would endorse uh, that, that, uh, that, that perspective and that suggestion. Uh, I think that Mike Leach would certainly appreciate that as someone who spent a large part of his life fascinated by pirates and uh and what their legacy was uh I think that he would think that that was a very cool thing uh to do so I would encourage Mississippi State I believe that was Brett McMurphy's idea now that I think about it whether it was him originally or not (laughs) again not trying to slight anybody uh but I love that idea I think it makes an awful lot of sense uh all right uh that is um uh my remembrances of Mike Leach now that he has passed at the age of 61 um Want to tell you about uh, a lot of other stories that are going on. Ron DeSantis uh, has impaneled a grand jury, or more accurately, he is going to ask the Florida Supreme Court to impanel a grand jury uh, to investigate fraud on the COVID shots. Thank you. Thank you to Ron DeSantis. I've been making this argument for months that some Republican uh, state needs to do this because we know our Department of Justice is not going to do it. We know the Biden administration is not going to do it. Look, this is clear fraud, okay? Uh, The COVID shots were mandated by our federal government. They are for profit. Moderna and Pfizer made tens of billions of dollars in profit off of the COVID shots, and they were sold to us on a fraudulent basis. We were initially told that if you got the COVID shot, you would neither get nor spread COVID. That is a lie. You can continue to get and spread COVID even if you get the COVID shots. In fact, the new uh, data, as we continue to catch up, is showing us that the majority of people dying with COVID now have had the COVID shot. As Dr. Marty McCary said to us today on the Clay and Buck show, the best case scenario you can make for the COVID shot is they're somewhat like the flu shot. They provide a small measure of limited protection of relatively short duration. Um, I think we need a massive class action lawsuit because I think these companies, Pfizer and Moderna, knew that their shots did not do what they did and that they fraudulently induced people to get them. Our government should be ashamed. I can't think of a time when the government has ever mandated that you have to consume a product that is for profit. Remember, the COVID shots, the companies made tens of billions of dollars in taxpayer money. And then our federal government came in and said, you have to get what are effectively relatively worthless COVID shots, certainly worthless relative to what we were told from the beginning. I think there's a clear case of fraud. And I think most Americans, as the evidence comes out, will see it that way also. And so I would uh, argue that this is somewhat akin to the lawsuits which were filed against big tobacco companies. If you go back to the 1990s when those lawsuits were filed, a lot of people said these state attorney generals are crazy. There's no way they're going to have any success at all. And then we started to see all the documents coming out from inside of the cigarette companies, from inside of big tobacco. And we recognized that they had been lying about knowing the harm that their product was doing to people. I think that it is likely the case that Pfizer and Moderna, many internal documents would reflect that they were, in fact, aware that what they were saying publicly was not true based on the data. I think this is fraud. And I've been arguing for a long time what should happen is all of the profits that Pfizer and Moderna made, all of the American taxpayer dollars that they got, all of the money that they made should come back To the American taxpayer. And a lot of that money should be used to pay back all the people who were fired for refusing to get the COVID shot. Uh, This to me is a must happen situation. I give credit to Ron DeSantis and the Florida government. I think that other state governments should join Florida. We need a class action lawsuit being brought by multiple state attorney generals alleging fraud violations on a state level. I want these Moderna and Pfizer executives under oath. I want all the discovery occurring. I want to see all the documents. I want there to be consequences for what I think is the biggest fraud ever perpetuated on the American public that our government was directly complicit in. I want all of the tax dollars that we gave these drug companies back into United States coffers. We'll be right back got to take a little break here we are rolling without kicking you don't want to miss a moment stay tuned
1: what's up everyone it's nick wright and i got something exciting to talk to you about today angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well now angie isn't just your average home services marketplace it's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
0: And I give credit for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for making the choice and making the decision to go do this. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried has been arrested in the Bahamas. He stands charged most recently when I sat down with eight different felonies, including, right before I sat down, illegal campaign comp contributions, mostly to Democrats, adding up to tens of millions of dollars for these midterms. Now, um, I told you that I would be very surprised if Sam Bankman fried wasn't arrested. Unless he reaches some sort of plea agreement, I would expect that Sam Bankman fried has a very strong chance of spending the rest of his life in prison. Right now, Bohemian authorities are refusing to release Sam Bankman Freed from prison because they believe that he is a a flight risk. That's not a surprise because if he had been super smart instead of giving all these interviews, as soon as his business imploded, he would have tried to get away to a non-extradition country so that he didn't have to spend the rest of his life in prison. So far, he has not done that. Uh, The Bahamas, again arrested him. Eight different felony charges. At some point, he will be extradited to the United States. Southern District of New York has filed those charges against him. Uh, The indictment has just been unsealed recently. I have not yet read it, but I would expect that Sam Bankman fried will spend much of, if not all of, the rest of his life behind bars for this massive multi-billion dollar pyramid scheme, effectively, that he was running. Um, And... I would also expect that there are many people out there that are afraid uh, of also being charged with crimes that will be turning states' evidence against Sam Bankman-Fried uh, and testifying against him. There are some of these charges that are conspiracy charges. Can't have a conspiracy, as Andrew Andy McCarthy told us on the show just a few uh, few hours ago on the Clay and Buck show. Uh, can't have a conspiracy theory, uh, conspiracy charge, without multiple conspirators co-conspirators and so we'll see whether there are additional charges that are brought against other individuals or if there are not we would have pretty significant evidence there that those individuals have decided to turn on Sam Bankman Freed and will be witnesses for the prosecutors in that case. Um, this is a story from the world of sports I give credit to it professional disc golf which many of you know as frisbee golf uh, and I was on the show earlier and I was saying this is a relatively new sport. Somebody emailed me and said, actually, I've been playing it since the 1980s. You know, anyway, it's still relatively new. This is not something that existed in the 1800s uh, or the early 1900s, like football, basketball and baseball. Uh, but basically you walk around outdoors and you throw a variety of different size discs towards the final hole uh, and whoever manages to complete the course in as few a throws as possible. It's like a mixture between Frisbee and golf, right? Um, and so they have decided that they are going to ban men who identify as women because one of these men who identify as women had climbed to number five in the world. Uh, and so this is the first sport that I'm aware of that has effectively banned transgender athletes. And I would just point out, if Frisbee golf is saying, hey, there's a massive competitive advantage that biological men gain against biological women, what sport doesn't have a massive physical advantage, right? I mean, if we're to the point where Frisbee golf, there is a massive physical advantage, I think it's pretty fair to say that there is a massive physical advantage for men identifying as women no matter what the sport is, uh, and I would encourage every sport uh, to make the decision that they have made at Frisbee golf uh, and ban biological men from being able to compete against women. Last night, Arizona Cardinals lost, got whipped fairly handily, actually, uh, to the Patriots. New England Patriots get the win. uh, Mac Jones, but the significant injury here, Kyler Murray tore his ACL. And even as quickly as people can recover from torn ACLs, it would be on the outside edge for Kyler Murray to be able to uh, be healthy enough to play at the beginning of next season in the NFL. So this is a major hit to the Arizona Cardinals which had hoped that Kyler Murray was going to take them to the next level. There was a lot of controversy in the offseason about what kind of contract extension he would get, how much money he would be paid. Uh, And certainly, there are several big contracts that NFL quarterbacks have gotten that I think the teams that gave them have to be very nervous about. Uh, Kyler Murray's contract, he's not played very well this year. Certainly, if, uh, if you've been paying attention at all to the Denver Broncos, the massive contract that Russell Wilson got has got them very nervous. Now, there are some guys with long-term deals, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, where the teams that signed those deals still feel very comfortable with them. But I wonder if this is going to set off some anxiety, some trepidation about long-term commitments to quarterbacks, because if they don't pan out, you are handcuffing your future franchise to a large extent. Um, and we'll see whether Kyler Murray can come back from this ACL injury. Certainly, I risk any, uh, I, I want anyone coming back from a serious health condition uh, to be able to get back healthy and compete at the highest level, but I do think from a salary cap perspective, Cliff Kingsbury has to be nervous, and certainly the entire Denver Broncos organization has to be nervous. There are two signs, both in Arizona and in Colorado, with the Broncos and with the Cardinals, of the downside of committing major dollars to a quarterback if that quarterback doesn't play at an elite level, uh, the team is in a great deal of trouble. Uh, Yoel Roth, he was, I believe, in charge of Twitter safety and integrity, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing what his official job title was, uh, but essentially, he was a far left-wing activist. He called Donald Trump and the Trump administration Nazis, Uh, It's not a surprise that he would then cheerlead the banning of Donald Trump and the attempted banning of several uh, uh, conservative and right-leaning accounts on Twitter. He now is being outed as a part of the Twitter files as someone who may have committed crimes, frankly, uh, before all is said and done, uh, and certainly was an extremely biased left-wing activist working inside of the Twitter bureaucracy. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, the Washington Post, the New York Times, all seven of those media outlets that I just named essentially are not covering the Twitter files and all the revelations that are coming out from internal Twitter documents, literally smoking gun evidence of big tech collusion with uh, governmental entities and or uh, the Biden administration, among others. The censorship decisions, one of the biggest stories of our time, None of those seven entities, by and large, are even covering this. But they're now covering the fallout to Yoel Roth and the danger that he supposedly fills in San Francisco uh, based on becoming a public figure. And I saw someone tweet this, and I want to echo it because I thought it was so fabulously well said. uh, And I do think it's significant here. Uh, If you're a public figure, having your power discussed as a public figure in public is not a violation of the larger context. This is Emma Jo Morris, who worked at the New York Post as a part of their Hunter Biden story. And I thought she said this so well. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, but reporting on authentic communications of extremely powerful people, as uh, Tayabi and Weiss did, is not victimizing those extremely powerful people. That was really well said. Uh, Because... All of those uh, news entities that I just gave you that are not covering the Twitter files are covering the results of the Twitter files, which is really fascinating. I talked about this last week. They cover Trump's response to the Twitter files, but they won't cover the Twitter files themselves, the underlying news which is being produced inside of these stories. And so covering Yoel Roth and uh, and the allegations that somehow his safety is in danger because of what he did in his public life is not is not the way that this story should be covered all right he's not a victim i'm a public figure if i say something and people react to it negatively that does if i do something and people react to it negatively in the public sphere that doesn't mean that i'm somehow not able to have things said about me that's not actually how public policy should work and it's certainly not how reporting should work. Yoel Roth is a public figure. He had an incredibly important public job. He banned the president of the United States. Why he made the decision to ban the president of the United States in in concert with many other Twitter employees in a public facing job is imminently newsworthy. So acting like he's some kind of victim and that Discussing his behavior and his motivations is somehow impermissible is a fundamental failure of journalism. And oh, by the way, I would just point out that many people in the left wing, when we said, hey, you know, there's lots of protesters showing up outside of Supreme Court justice homes. And literally a protester was trying to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. Maybe you could enforce the law to ensure that people are not putting the Supreme Court justices in danger and stop the protests out in public spaces, even though there's a law that says that's not allowed, the Biden administration refused to use it. What I would say about Yoel Roth is, look, if we can put police officers outside of his home and that's necessary to ensure that he is safe, go for it. Keep people from protesting outside of private residences, no matter what the politics are of the individuals, particularly when that is a direct statutory violation of American law. But treat everybody the same. Republicans, Democrats, left-wingers, right-wingers, we got to treat everybody the same. Finally, I saw this story and I couldn't hardly believe it. Ben Carson, I actually spoke with Ben Carson down in Atlanta uh, recently. Um, And uh, it was great to meet him in person. I think I've had him on the show before. But a Detroit area school board has pulled Ben Carson's name off of a school because of his politics. This is the Detroit school board. They have voted to change the name of the Benjamin Carson High School of Science and Medicine. uh, And they're doing it uh, because of Dr. Carson's political beliefs and affiliations. Uh, Dr. Carson said, cancel culture is alive and well, it's infiltrating political correctness, wokeness, cancel culture. This is going to destroy us as a nation if we don't get a grip on it. Um, And uh, his former staff in the Department of Housing and Urban Development said that Carson has impeccable morals, impeccable character. The students who are at that school, certainly he's somebody they can look up to, they can try to emulate. He's a great example of our country. 55 signatures from inside of housing and urban development. Um, And uh, Carson continues uh, we're seeing this wokeness spreading throughout the community to the destruction of our community. How does it do any good for us to demonize people with whom we disagree and to teach that to our children at a time when math scores are down, reading scores are down, academic performance is down? Uh, this is shameful. This is ridiculous. Thank you to your ser- for your service to the country. Uh, and this is crazy that Detroit area public schools would be pulling Ben Carson's name off of a school, not because of any personal failing, but simply because of his political beliefs. I appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis. I'll be back with you tomorrow. My best wishes to Mike Leach's family one more time as we finish off the show today. This has been Outkick the Show.